Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. We're now having the trifecta. This is like our threesome. This, oh. Oh. Like metaphorically, oh. my first then. See? There we <laughs> go. Are, there we go. You are my first threesome. You are the first guest to be back three times. Yeah, you're going to go woodless. You're going to lose your erection. Is that in like the official dictionary? Like woodless. <laughs> in the porn dictionary, it is. Yes. It, in the okay. vernacular, we use woodless all the time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is there a... Can I get um, a copy of the porn dictionary? I'd love to have one. <laughs> I'll have to put one together for you. I like a guy that participates a little bit. You know, move my hips. Feels really good when I'm on top and a man will grab my hips and sort of drag me up and down across his dick got to know where his dick is inside of you. You really have to. And sometimes it's hard to tell depending on how wet you are and how excited you are. The biggest thing that guys need to understand when it comes to threesomes is that there is always, always an unspoken hierarchy going on. I have a silky one. I, oh. I, I've poked around in there just to feel what it's like. Okay, see, there you go. There you go. I have a silky pussy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> velvety. Velvety is what Oh, velvety. Okay, okay. everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Well, today we have a returning guest, almost now a guest that needs no introduction. We have Eric Everhard back for his third and hopefully not final installation ever, but his third recording with us. And today we're going to be jumping into his book. So I can't wait to get into that. Hello, Eric. Welcome back. Yes, we are now having the trifecta. This is like our threesome. This, oh. Oh, like metaphorically, oh. my first. Then see, there we <laughs> go. Are, there we go. You are my first threesome. You are the first guest to be back three times. Oh, oh I'm a triple God. crown winner. You are. I am the secretariat. This is awesome because not only I can also have the bragging rights of saying I was quizzed by a porn star on the spot, and I passed your test of knowing what to look for. When it's flying colors. Yes. Flying colors. I still am yes. like, I am bragging about that one. So <laughs> people are never going to hear the end of it. So in case, but just in case anybody has been living under a rock or they don't watch porn or it's their first time they've ever listened to my podcast, just briefly give, tell everybody about yourself. Well, my name is Eric Everhard. I'm a author, men's coach, and professional porn star. And now I help men by teaching them elite level sexual skills so that they can dominate the boardroom and master the bedroom. Yes. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Before we get started, I wanted to give you some feedback from some of my listeners because Ooh. I've been... You're kind of like a part of the society around here at the Curious World Diaries. I talk, I'll mention you intermittently. I'll be on other people's shows and I'll bring you up. I'm like, oh, I interviewed a porn star and da-da-da-da-da. So I am spreading the good word, the gospel of Eric Spreading the gospel. Yeah. Spread the gospel. Yes. But I have gotten some great feedback and I just... I wanted to share that with you because what you're doing is definitely reaching people. 
So this is from, I don't use people's names. I'll just give their first initial T. This is from T. Wanted to drop you a line and say that I'm really enjoying your podcast overall, but really enjoyed your conversations with Eric Everhard. You ask smart questions, seem really excited about the answers, and he's so damn matter-of-fact and serious about his advice and techniques that you can't not listen. The last time I had the good fortune to go down on a woman, she had previously told me it was hard for her to orgasm, so I found her clit, set a tongue pace, and never varied it. She told me after she had never came so hard or so fast before, and it was nice to hear my process validated. Yes, I know. Looking forward to part three. Well, T, here you go. It's We are now in part three. And then the other message I got, I, I did get a lot of messages, but the other standout that I really, that I got and I was searching for right before we jumped on. And unfortunately, I, it's buried. People send me messages different places. And then when I want to go track it down, it's hard. That's why I'm always like, please just leave me voicemails. <laughs> I can just go one, we'll go to one place. It's easier. But anyway, basically what he said, Eric, was that he's been married for 20 plus years, same woman, and their sex life had fizzled over time. He was listening to my podcast. He was on a a long drive trip and he listened to our episodes, went home and just said, that's it. I'm going to ravage my wife. I'm taking Eric's advice. And he says, they are now having the best sex of their lives. Nice. Isn't that awesome? I love that. I love that. We are doing the good work, friend. I mean, we should be nominated for like a Nobel Peace Prize, I think. <laughs> or, the, or the Nobel Penis Prize. The, Could be that too. Did you just say Nobel Penis Prize? They, you I need did. to start that. You need to start that officially. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's amazing. The Nobel Penis Prize for the best, making the best strides in sex education. Oh my gosh, you're, we are onto something. We are. We are. We, we are, are onto something, Eric. Oh, good stuff. Okay. <laughs> I love All it. right. So today I want to dig into your book. And I know you have a new one coming out, so we're definitely going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But you do have a great book out. And I want to ask you some questions. The book's called Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers. It's a porn star's guide to sexual mastery. Now, I don't know who doesn't want that. This should definitely be on every coffee table. And I love that in your foreword, you say, the only way you learn about sex is by doing it. Human sexuality, it isn't in a book and it's not on TV. It's in the person. To get to the core of it, you need to be fucking some people. (laughs) So yeah, or your partner or your partner regularly, like do it. This needs to be part of our everyday standard practice. Okay. Now in the first chapter that you, that breaks down a sex act in your book is about eating pussy. I love that. First of all, you went to that first. What are your top three tips when eating pussy? My top three tips when eating pussy? Well, number one, we look at the pussy in general, right? And I've talked about this before, but we do have to really understand, well, first of all, what are we going to be experiencing and how does the pussy work, right? Which means we do have to recognize that the clit gets hard and you have to be able to feel it with your tongue. You have to be able to understand the nuances because for some women, it's very overt. And for some women, it can be more subtle and nuanced, right? Especially if a girl has a really tiny clit and it gets hard, but it's just, it gets hard in just levels. And you have to be able to sense that with your tongue. And by sensing that, now you know, okay, we're going down the right rabbit hole and we're on the way to, metaphorically speaking, the Wizard of Oz. We're going to go <laughs> to Never Never Land. We're going to have down the big the yellow brick road. <laughs> right? So the first thing is, well, we have to recognize that the clit gets hard and we have to engage with it 
in a way that is going to elicit a response because we're first we're searching for any response and then from there we are going to be modifying and refining what we're doing based on what we're getting back from it right so are we getting harder 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 then okay well what we're doing is working we can maintain that flow if it starts to get a little bit softer it's like okay do we need to step up speed a little bit do we need to step up pressure a tiny bit? Do we need to change technique slightly, right? And then we're feeling, okay, what engagement are we getting with the clit? What's it doing, right? And so it's this constant battle of what is the clit doing? So that's number one. Then number two, we need to stay, well, first of all, we need to stay rhythmic and consistent in what we're doing. We can't be all over the place. Like once we're in the groove, we have to stay at the same speed, pressure, and not deviate. You know, we don't want to be going crazy pressure, crazy speed, then down to nothing and just like a snail's pace, like all over the map. Do you know what? When we find what's... Sorry to interrupt you. I just got some new sex toys. I like to refresh and get new sex toys. And they all have uh, different... The ones now you can get online and adjust your patterns and da-da-da-da. I just completely took out all of the variation patterns. I set one pattern high. Put it on high. There you go. I will. I will control the pressure of that strength by moving it where I want it on my clit, backing off or whatever. I'll do that, but I want it constant and high. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so you're constant high. Cause and that's the thing is you have to figure this out as a as a guy, right? Like is the girl a, you know, because I know somewhere it's if it's too fast, if it's too high, they're like, ah, too much, right? Yeah. They want it lower. So you got to start low and you got to build it up and see, okay, well, First of all, what's engaging it? What's working? What do we need more of? So that's the first part. It's like, okay, get the consistency and with the speed and the pressure. Very important. And then the bigger thing that a lot of people struggle with or suffer from is they don't understand that you know once you're doing what is effective, even before that, once you're down, going down the right path, you need to be able to understand and control yourself to know that Sometimes you need to put in more time even though you're on the right path. Sometimes guys, they'll be doing something for like two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, and it may be the exact right thing that you need. But he's thinking, well, she didn't come yet. Yeah. Like everybody's going to magically have the same amount of time that they take. So you have to be, that's why you have to be feeling what the clit is telling you and know and trust and trust that what you're doing is the right thing to do. Because I use this analogy a lot. I mean, it's like, hey, imagine you are on the freeway you took the 15 from LA to Vegas. And that's a four-hour journey. But if you think it's a two-hour journey, you may get halfway there. You're like Barstow or something. And you're like, (laughs) I guess I'm on the wrong freeway. Better, let's take the 10 or let's take the whatever. Like, And now you're going the totally wrong way. So you do have to trust yourself and really pay attention to what the clit is telling you. Because if you get in your head and you think, oh man, like she hasn't come yet. Is this working? You can't be thinking anything. You need to look at the facts and you need to be feeling the facts on the ground. Mm. And then lastly, of course, you can't stop. Like you need to be committed and committed in a way where you're willing to endure whatever cramps, pain, soreness, (laughs) whatever's coming up at the time. Because one adjustment when you're right there and she's close to having the orgasm, one adjustment the wrong way, one needing to wipe your nose, one needing to whatever, sip right. of water, gone. Like you yeah. oh, you may have well just wasted that last 10, 15, however long you were down there. You wasted it. Yeah. So can't stop. I yeah. totally agree. <laughs> With everything you said, 100%. I actually had a guy one time, he was down there for 10 minutes and he's like, come on, lady. We talked about it later and he was just like, I was just thinking like, well, come on, lady. Like, what's going on? I'm like, 
come on, lady. Like, seriously, I'm going, hey, come on, dude. Like, stick with it. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm putting up with your meandering for 10 minutes. That's really what's been happening. (laughs) You know, you're meandering everywhere but where you should be. So that's why we've gotten nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, and, and to be fair, even if you're doing everything right, certain people will take longer than others. Right. Right. Like I know some women where it's, you're doing everything right and it's 10 minutes. I know some where it might be 59 seconds on a good day. Just yeah. like, they're just like, oh, and you're like, wow, like that fast? Really? Yeah. Like female premature ejaculation? Really? There we go. There we go. <laughs> you know? I know. It, so. You know, what I find with this is that when you're first exploring with a new partner, it can take longer. And then you guys get in your rhythm. Then it can be, super fast. Or as he knows your body better, if he wants to tease you and drag it out a little bit longer, you know, then you're really starting to, you know, then you're cooking with gas and you guys get to play around with it and do whatever you want with it. But you really do, I mean, guys really do need to kind of master her clit, conquer that clit. And once you know it well, then you can sort of bend it to your will. (laughs) And and then you're in the driver's seat and that's when it gets fun. Yeah, because it's it's really twofold. It's conquering the clit, but it's also conquering your own mind, right? Conquering your own thoughts, conquering the negative spiral of thoughts that you're going to have that says, oh, come on, lady. Oh, is this working? Oh, is she having a good time? Oh, am I good at this? Oh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Well, I think it's the person that said that, come on, lady, he's a, he's a long-term partner. He's probably going to die when he hears that. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I outed him. This was a long time ago. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so now let's move on to proper fucking techniques. I, I love mm-hmm. I love the titles of your chapters. This is perfect. I'm like, this guy, he just he really covers all the super important stuff. But more specifically, I wanted to get into cowgirl. You say time mm-hmm. and time again, the one complaint you hear from all women regarding this position is that guys are lazy. They just lie there and expect the woman to do all the work. As if this woman should be so enamored with your penis that her plan that evening was to do crazy pull tricks all up and down that little motherfucker. (laughs) I tend to agree with this, that this can often be the case. So tell us what men should actively do in cowgirl. Well, so here's the thing, right? And this is something that guys need to understand because sometimes guys don't understand that they don't even know functionally how they would be fucking from the bottom. And so I'm going to take this back in time a little bit and take it back to the porn industry. So when we're doing DPs and so forth, right? The hardest position of all is the guy on the bottom. And we refer to that as the anchor. So whoever is on the bottom of the DP is always considered the anchor. And traditionally, that was always the hardest position 
to ever do in porno because it's difficult. And so you got two people on top of you, essentially. And you still have to maintain some sort of thrusting because if you don't, now you're going to go woodless. What? So <laughs> Woodless. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go woodless. That, you're going to lose your erection. Is that in like the official dictionary? Like woodless. <laughs> in the porn dictionary, it is. Yes, it in is, the vernacular, okay. we use woodless all the time. Okay, yeah. all right. Is there a, can I get a um, copy of the porn dictionary? I'd love to have one. <laughs> I'll have to put one together for you. You it would, should. You would never look at certain acronyms ever I, again I the same way. I would love that. I would love that. Yes. So here's the thing. You need to understand that your foot and hip position matters so much if you're on the bottom. Because if you cannot thrust effectively, then you probably aren't going to be able to maintain a hard on. And the other thing is too, now you're not really in control of your dick the same. And that's on two levels. Because number one, if the girl's just riding on top of you, it's her rhythm. It's not your rhythm. And if you are someone that might be sensitive, might be struggling with premature ejaculation, all these things, you want to be going at your rhythm throughout the whole thing. You need to dictate the pace because ultimately, if you don't, you could easily lose your orgasm too early. So you want to be able to control the thrusting as much as you can because when you have agency on the pace and the speed and the angle, now you have greater control of yourself. So that's kind of number one. So when you're on the bottom, if you create a diamond-shaped formation with your feet pressed together, therefore you can now push up the outer edges of your soles, your outer edge of your ankles, which allows you to easily thrust up into the woman. Because if you're just laying there flat, like most guys do, yeah. Well, yeah. here's what happens. First of they're, all, you got you, you can't move down a lot of times too. It's not as they're losing. Their yeah, bottom. they're losing the wood because they're they're not again they're not in control of the thrusting, and this becomes the problem, right? Because you're Riding may, like it can go two ways. The riding that you do may make them too sensitive and they're not able to hold off. Or it can be, well, it's stimulating for you, but it's not stimulating enough for them and therefore they lose their erection. I've so experienced both, by the way. I just want to say I've experienced both. Yeah. Oh, and tell me about the about the experience. What was it specifically that led to it? Was it the fact that they couldn't, main, like were they just laying there like a dead fish? Yeah, I think, yes. I was going to say like, that's the one thing I was like, well, go ahead and I like a guy that participates a little bit. You know, move my hips. Feels really good when I'm on top and a man will grab my hips and sort of drag me up and down across his dick and just help me with the rhythm. I don't know what rhythm you need. I'll get off. I mean, it's going to feel good for me. Just participate a little bit because I can understand. Well, that's the thing. And sometimes I'll be honest, like I feel awkward. Not, I'm not shy, just like trying to get the right rhythm. And I'm going, is this working? Is this what, you know, and and I don't know what feels good to him. For me, it's, I have more success when a guy, when a guy just lays flat, if he's not going to grab my hips and participate, that's harder. If for me to find the right rhythm for him, and myself. But what works better is when a guy is sitting upright and then we're really close and facing each other and a lot more stuff can go on. I feel like I have better angles, better way to maneuver. But then when that happens, then sometimes they'll come too fast or they'll lose it because I'm just going for it. So I kind of need to have, I need to find the the Goldilocks theory of of cowgirl here. I need to master this a little bit better because I will, I'm going to admit, I feel like it's the most awkward. It's where I find the most hindrances. 
Yeah. And that, that's basically because the guy needs to be participating. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to be thrusting up as dragging across it. So that with every thrust, he's now pulling you in towards him with his hands. Yeah. Now, ideally, the man wants to be have his hands cupping each ass cheek because that's the best way to drag you forward and drag your pelvis across the top of his. And it right? feels really good. You get the stimulation, all that stimulation right there and that pressure and, and it's right rubbing it on your clit. On this pelvic bone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and by having your hands there, you prevent any injury from occurring, right? Because a cowgirl or reverse cowgirl is the number one position where some guy's dick could get broken, yeah. right? So by keeping your hands on the hips, you're able to first, you can move the woman faster, right? Because if I'm helping you, now we can drag your clit across my pubic bone yeah. way faster than you could do it yourself. Oh, fuck right? yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, so you can increase the speed at least oh, by double. It's amazing. And you can feel how high up your dick or off your dick the woman is rising. So therefore, you can maintain her on it and there's no worry that she's going to just pop off it, slam back down and now bend. crush your dick. Ugh. Bend. Yeah, very bad. Oh, bad. Very bad. Don't. So, yeah, by having that diamond formation, now you can you have a platform to push off of, which is what you really need. You have a mm-hmm. platform, you know, the bed, the the floor, the couch, whatever you happen to be working on, but it gives you a platform to push off of. Now you can engage your hips. Now you have thrust power going upwards. Because if you're just laying there, all you've got is a little bit of your ab muscles. And trust me, those things will tire out really fast. Yeah, Hips have power. Abs do not. Yeah. So if you're just flat-legged, the girl's riding you, and you're trying to do this little mini hump upwards, it's literally like you're doing some power crunches with a woman on top of you. Well, no wonder you're going to lose your heart on. I mean, that's not fun. That's more exercise than anything else. Yeah. I want to get a visual for this diamond-shaped foot thing you're talking about here. Yeah. So basically, you're going to put the soles of your feet together, right? So that your knees are bent and your soles are together and the edges of your soles are now being pushing into the beds that you can thrust upwards. Okay. Kind of like there's an exercise you do where you put like their frog kickback. Frog pumps. Frog pumps. pumps. It's exactly like frog pumps. Totally. I love those. Yeah. 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 I love doing totally this. a frog pump. Because it engages your glutes, right? They're great for your butt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My butt's always running. Glute, I'm like, right? <laughs> yeah. But okay. that's what you're doing. You're essentially, you're doing frog pumps. You, you, you've got the knees bent, the feet are touching sole to sole, yes. and you're pushing on the outside part of the foot. Mm-hmm. And that's enabling you the power to drive upwards. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have that formation, what are you be pushing off of? Right. You've got nothing. And then you're yeah. just left with your abs and the abs will fail you. That's right. So that makes so much sense. I can hear my listeners now because I know when you said that, I'm like, what is he? T-? I was visualizing it in my head, but I'm like, what is he talking about? And I could hear my listeners going, what is he talking about? Wait, I need to know. How do we do this? So there we go. We have, ooh, I feel Bug good. Bombs. We're changing lives again, yet again, Eric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so yes, much- we are. Yes, yes we are. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, I do love this position and it just, you know, I just want men to know when it's the best for me. And I think for a lot of women is when you're engaging with us in this circumstance. Now I also get to, there's times where a man does just want to lie back and let her totally ride his dick. And that takes 
really good communication, I think, and understanding what feels good for him. A woman has to know really kind of how to move her hips and gyrate her hips. And also women, be very careful. You don't come up too hard. You've got to know where his dick is inside of you. You really have to. And sometimes it's hard to tell depending on how wet you are and how excited you are. And so I just want to be careful. We don't want any accidentes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, from that perspective, you, you know, if I was to tell women anything, it would be, well, always err on the side of caution. Yeah. If rather than coming up the full way, come up three quarters, like give yourself some more breathing room than you think you might need because you just, you know, I've and I've seen women time after time, they just, I don't know why, but they don't have the same ability to feel when it's about to pop out like a man does. And I think it's because as a guy, all the, all our nerve endings are in the tip of our penis. So we're acutely aware where the tip is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, the tip is half an inch inside her. It's a quarter of an inch. It's just about to come out. Like I know exactly where it is, right? So I'm acutely aware. You can feel those seconds counting down to the danger zone. Oh Oh, yeah. And for me now, I'll, I'll get almost have a little semi-panic attack. I'm like, no, we're in the danger zone. Come back down. Come back down, please. Don't do this to me. Yeah. And the other, the last thing I'll say about this is I also think too, women, we're watching porn and we see Mm -hmm. those angles and you and I have, you've talked about this and been so wonderful about explaining, like you guys are doing stuff that isn't necessarily comfortable but because you're trying to get the certain angle for the shot and you see that long, you will see a lot of that long in and out, in and out when the girl's in cowgirl and, you know, she's a professional. I'm sure you guys are talking about it. I'm sure there's a lot more into it than we realize. And so women, we're trying to mimic that because it looks like the guy's really enjoying it and it looks hot. Or it looks like it would be fun for us too. And we're trying to do this, but we're kind of failing miserably at it. We have the potential to cause injury. So let's all just be careful. Yeah. And the thing is the long in and out, that has great visual appeal. Visual appeal. But does it have great sensory appeal? No. If we're talking sensations, you're better off bringing the girl right down to the base of your dick and spending more time dragging her clit right across the top of your pubic bone and not necessarily coming up so high. I mean, you could be, it's almost like short stroking is kind of what you're doing Mm -hmm. when you're trying to deliver maximal pleasure. Yeah. So the visual aspect and the pleasure aspect do diverge. Very good point. Very good point. Short stroke it Mm -hmm. for the win. Yeah. I mean, I I was recently telling some of my clients because I had a bunch of client calls this week and I was saying, it's always, we're always coming at it from the same perspective. How do we minimally stimulate ourselves and maximally stimulate her? Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. always where we're at. How do we minimize our stimulation until it's time, until we've made that that conscious decision that, okay, now we're going for it. Yeah. But until that time, we're doing our best to minimize what we're feeling and maximize what she's feeling. And by short stroking it, that delivers both on those. Because if we're long stroking it, especially as a guy, let's think about that just objectively, right? It's like, okay, well, now we're doing these big long strokes. So you're getting very little clitoral stimulation because it's mostly just the stimulation that you're getting is just from the vaginal canal. We're not touching the clit at all if you're doing these big long strokes. Yeah, And you are maximally stimulating the man. Full stop. It's like yeah. every ounce, every section of his penis is like, oh, this is the best thing ever. So what's going to happen? You're not going to get off. He's probably going to come in a minute and that's going to be the end of it. Right. And you're going to want, want, want. Nobody wah, likes wah. that. Nobody wants that. Okay. No. So you, this is one of my favorite little subjects. And I found this 
this chapter of your book very, very informational. You list several rules in your book for threesomes. And we've sort of touched on this before, but I want to get a little more in depth with it because, or reemphasize it because it's so important. I want to talk about those rules and it enlightened me, but it's something that guys should really be aware of because women, if they've never had a threesome, they won't have the knowledge to tell a guy these things. So we're kind of really relying on him to sort of be the leader in this area. And I just want to know, like, what are the things that guys really should know when it comes to orchestrating? Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing that guys need to understand when it comes to threesomes is that there is always, always an unspoken hierarchy going on. Whether you have overtly said it or not, there is. So if we're talking about a specifically a, a female, female, male threesome. Yeah. Whoever is the closest to the man could be significant other or could be best friend, but it's somebody is closer than the other. Whoever is closest has the is the primary spot. Yeah. And she will expect to be treated as such. And the biggest mistake that I've seen guys do, we're all guilty of this. I mean, when I started in my time too, I didn't understand, right? When I first had my first threesomes, it's like, look, you need to understand that you need to be spending more time and attention with your primary woman than with the new woman. Because most guys make that mistake. They're like, oh, new pussy, blah, blah, blah. And they get so fixated on the new woman that's in the equation. Mm -hmm. And that's the exact opposite of what you need to do. I mean, if anything, if I were to say a split ratio, it should be 60-40. Yeah. At the minimum. I think. See, I can live with that. I would feel very good under that ratio. Yeah, it needs to be 60-40 or it can be even 65-35. And not only that, you need to really come at every sexual act within the encounter. It needs to be prefaced from a us against her sort of dynamic. And what I mean by that, it's not like you're against the girl, but I mean, everything needs to be done together, right? You never want there to be separation. So it's like, hey, you know, if we're eating the pussy, hey, I'll eat her ass, you eat her pussy, let's go, let's do something as a team, yeah. it needs to be this team atmosphere, especially yeah. if you're bringing in a girl who's like the playmate of the moment, right? So it's like you have your significant other, you have your relationship and you're like, hey, we just want to play around somebody. And well, if you're playing, it needs to be, first of all, that pleasure needs to be for both of you. Can't just be for the man, right? The woman, your significant other needs to be getting as much out of it as you or more in some fashion. And you need to make that clear. And then it needs to be very much a, a team-based atmosphere where it's like, hey, you know, we're doing something together to the girl. It's about us using, it's probably the wrong word, but it is kind of like us using her together, yeah. right? And when you come at it from that perspective, now the threesome can be something that's like bonding right? Like it's, it's, yes. it's this event that brings you closer together. Whereas if you go into it and you're like, I just want to fuck that new girl. And you know, you're smushing your significant other to the side. Well, now, now that's, that's you got big, big problems, rift. buddy. You got big problems. <laughs> you are going to big yeah. problems. That's the last time that's going to happen. <laughs> yes. Yes. She was going to make you pay for it for a long, long time because women have very long memories. They do. They do. And I've coached some men that went through that. And as soon as I told them that, they were like, oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's why that it. happened. They're like, why? Because we were having this threesome and she just left and walked out of the room and I didn't understand it. I'm like, mm-hmm. <sighs> that's men, why. Love you. Love you, men. But sometimes the obvious just flies right over your head. <laughs> okay. Now, you say that there's four types of 
pussies. Yes. I'm dying to know, what are they? (laughs) So, and actually, we're going to go back in time again. The moment when I first had the epiphany of something being different. And I was on set, on a set in LA. It was probably probably 1999 or 2000, some, somewhere early in my career. And I remember it was this, uh, it was a swimsuit calendar type shoot. So they got these two girls by the pool and they're in swimsuits. And I'm talking to the director and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this like high energy thing with the two girls. So I, I'm like, I'm going to start them both in doggy and it's going to be cool. I'm going to go from one girl to the other because this was a threesome. I might have and seen that. This is ringing a bell because you know, I watched a lot of your porn, which, and I did tell you that. <laughs> this would have been, this would have been me super young, super yeah, young baby I, face. Well, I, sure. I did. I mean, like where you had the mohawk. <laughs> Oh, this is primo hawk. This oh, is like hawk. real baby face. Okay, okay. Well, I, I did watch a lot of your porn and you do have, you're fun to watch and you do have my favorite all-time ever, like ma- it was, you matched my fantasy in my head that I do have about three sums and I saw that. I'm like, I want to make somebody watch that one first and be like, that exactly right there, that's what I want. <laughs> Take notes. Take, Take notes. notes. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so, so we started this this threesome, and I, I remember when I first penetrated the first girl, and I was like, like one, two, three, whoa! And I was like, Jesus! Like I'm super sensitive, right? I'm like, oh, I'm ready to come. I'm like, that's not good. And then I thought in my head, I said, well, you know, maybe if I switch to the next girl, the time in between going from one to the next, it'll allow me, you know, to catch my breath, like get a little breather, recenter myself. So I do that. So I go yeah. on to doggy with the next girl. I'm like, and in mind, I'm like, oh. Yeah, that worked totally. Because now I'm like, yeah, the urge to come, totally gone. I could have sex for like an hour. I'm like, yeah, this is easy. No problem. Doing my thing. And then it's like, after about five minutes or so, go back to the first girl. One, two, three, whoa. And I'm like, okay, something is different here. Mm -hmm. But what was it? And that's where over my years and over my career, I started really looking and starting to codify like, okay, what are these differences? And, and that's where I came out with the four different types. And if we were to look at it through the lens of, imagine one of those five band equalizers on a stereo, right? Where you got like, you got the, the minus 10 on one side yeah. and the plus 10 on the other. And then you got in the middle and you just drag that slider across. Well, yeah. on one end of the slider, we have what I call granular. And that's the the type of tissue on the inside of the pussy. And it has this granularity to it. So you can almost say it's like, it's almost that idea that where people talk about, oh, this is ribbed for her pleasure or ribbed for his pleasure. It has a feeling not like little nodules or grains of sand, but similar. It's got that texture to it. Mm -hmm. And for some men, that their penis is like, oh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? This feels amazing. I have a silky one. I have a silky one. I, oh. I, I've poked around in there just to feel what it's like. Yeah, of okay. See, there you go. I have a there silky, you go. I have a silky pussy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> velvety. Velvety is what Oh, we velvety. Call it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So right. on the one hand, we have granular. And then on the other hand, exactly like what you've just mentioned, we have velvety. And so those are the two qualitative skin types that we have. And then on the second slider, then we'll have extremely tight and we'll have extremely loose. And it's a slider between there. So if you look at it, really okay. kind of step back at the pussies. Each pussy is going to be a slider between granular and velvety and a slider between tight and loose. And that combination between those is what ends up making up the sensory feelings that you end up having. And it's going to decide, well, on some, you could be like, oh, this is okay. On others, you're going to be like, this is the best thing ever, right? Yeah. And it does matter because, and I'm sure this has been your experience too, because I know I've talked to a number of ladies about this, where... I'm looking for the the reverse that it would be for men, right? And I'm sure if you were to look back, there would be a certain size of dick 
curvature type of yep. head, Absolutely. spongy versus hard, yep. that just feels better. Yep. I have a dick type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which which type is that specifically? I'm always looking for the Goldilocks effect. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. The Goldilocks <laughs> effect. The Goldilocks effect. I don't know what the equivalent for the pussy would be. We don't want to say golden pussy. Well, I guess you could, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but the Goldilocks effect. Yeah. It's just right. It's not to this. Yeah. It's not to that. It's just right. Yeah. And when, when you find that, then... And what I'm saying is that alone, irrespective of technique, immediately puts you a notch higher. Yes. Right? So that's why sometimes a girl may not seem like she was the most energetic lay, but some guy will say, oh my God, the sex with her was amazing. Well, it was amazing because it was an amazing sensory experience for him. It wasn't that it was necessarily an amazing acrobatic affair, but what are we having sex for? Are we having sex for an acrobatic event or are we having it to maximize our pleasure? And we have to start looking at it through that lens as well. Because sometimes we think we're doing something that's just purely visual or it's acrobatic, but it's not necessarily going to give us the same juice, if you will, as as a crazy sensory experience because when you meet somebody and it's like as soon as they penetrate like you're ready to have an orgasm that's powerful that's very powerful you know especially you think about human nature and the human psyche right it's like that becomes addictive and we're like I want more of that Mm -hmm. oh I love it I mean if I know when a guy puts a stick in me if he's struggling not to come oh I love that I love knowing that my pussy feels that good to him the only part that you don't like is if he doesn't master it at some point oh well yeah that's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that and that's but what I, I said. Love you know, knowing that the struggle is real, right? The struggle yes. is real. That he's really got to focus on that mastery, or he's going to lose it. Yeah, it's all because yeah, it, of me it, and my it, magic I mean, pussy. <laughs> it is one of those conundrums that guys face because, on one hand, yeah, if if the girl knows you're you're fighting it, you know, she feels like. Oh wow, I'm my pussy's that good, et cetera, et cetera. But she's not gonna be happy if you can't finally get it under control. No. So it's really that balance of can you tame the beast, so to speak, and not alter and fall into the pleasure sensations that you're having. Yeah. Until it's time. Until it's time. Time. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Now I want to ask you just a few quick little personal questions. I've limited them this time because you know how I could go on forever. But I want to know, like, what's been your biggest regret sexually? Hmm. My biggest regret sexually? You know, I don't think that I have a biggest regret sexually at all. I've tried everything out there that I could possibly imagine that I wanted to try. You know, I think probably if I if I were to look back at any regrets as I got older, mm-hmm. it would be the naivety I had when I was younger, when I didn't see that girls were interested in me and I didn't take advantage of the opportunities <laughs> that were being thrown at me. Yeah. I mean, I think I may have mentioned this once, but it was funny. I was early on in my career. I think I was like 22. And and there was this girl that went on to become a, a contract star for Vivid. And I worked with her when she was an amateur and we got along and she was super nice. And uh, later, it was probably eight years later, I bet, I'm sitting at dinner with her, another girl, a bunch of girls, and she just lays into me like she was angry. She's like, I can't believe I threw myself at you eight years ago and you never gave me the time of day. I'm like, you did? I I, I just thought you were friendly, right? And that was was before I understood. I mean, girls are friendly, but no, no, you're not that friendly. Not if there's not a reason. Right. (laughs) Yes. So how has your career helped or hurt your personal relationships? Interesting. It goes both ways. 
I think the downside, the downside when you've experienced so much is that you've really experienced so much. Yeah. Right? Like you know what you like, but there's a certain innocence that is lost. And I think for some people, that innocence does have value. So, you know, when you've explored absolutely everything, you've seen everything out there, there's no surprises anymore. Mm -hmm. So the good part of it is, okay, like I know, really understand what pleasure is. I know what it is for me. I know how to create it. I know how to define it. I know how to look for it. But the the sheen, the the magical shine when you were a virgin or you know when yeah. you were just starting your sexual career, that's gone and that doesn't come back, that shine. So I think for some people, they want to keep that sort of shine, then they don't go down the rabbit hole of really exploring their sexuality. That would probably be the only negative for looking mm -hmm. at relationships. But as far as personal relationships... What can I say? I mean, it's both helped and and hindered. I mean, if someone, they're very anti-porn, I mean, you can see it on their face right away. And this was actually a funny story, but I used to use it as the biggest filter all the time when I'd be out at a bar or something because nobody was expecting me to say what I would say when they asked what I did. What? So, you know, you're at a bar in LA and some girl's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I work for, you know, whatever retail store or whatever, blah, blah, blah. What do you do? I'm a professional porn star. And you would see it on their face right away. It would either be the look of shock and disgust, sort of like, <gasps> or it would be the wide-eyed doe eyes like, really? Yeah. And you knew where you stood really quickly. Really fast. And, and nobody was ever able to not have that, that reaction because they were expecting anything. I mean, when I had the mohawk, I remember people thought I was an MMA fighter or they'd be like, you're a lawyer. I like that mohawk. I did. I was like, Ooh, that's yeah. hot. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, well. they always thought something. You they always thought something, well. but it was not porn star. It was never porn star. That yeah. was the last thing. Yeah. And what's the best advice you've ever received about sex? The best advice that I ever received about sex was probably early on in my career. And it was, it was definitely from more of a performance perspective. But it was it was really about positionings. And, you know, specifically, I remember I was taught from one of my mentors early on the, the trick about preventing your testicles from rising. That I was taught from an old veteran performer. What? I remember he showed me that and I was like, wait, oh, okay, that, that works. I like it. But what is it? Um, well, it, when, one of the things that you can do to give yourself a little bit of respite if you're going to orgasm and you want to be able to stop it is to gently pull your testicles down because one of the actions that your body has to go through when you're going to have orgasm is your testicles rise up. Sometimes, yeah. like in my case, they rise up, up inside my body and that needs to happen to then propel the semen out, right? Yeah. So if you can grab the testicles, pull them down, it's like a sort of a, um, a quick and dirty biohack that stops your body mm. from wanting to do it. I, think um, I learned that from a... Do that quick and dirty... Wait a minute. No. Boink. <laughs> I'm not ready for you to come yet. Stop. Not happening. No, we're not ready. Yeah. I learned that from one of my old mentors early on in my career. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. This is valuable information. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. All right. No problem. So Eric, we'll tell everyone where they can find you. Well, they can all go to ericeverhard.com. That's where I have my courses my books, a new book coming out shortly too that I think I, uh, yes. I can probably share with your readers, at least the name of it, right? Yes, what is Nobody it? Nobody knows. So this is the first time. Oh my gosh, uh, an exclusive. The exclusive, exclusive, Curious Girl exclusive. The name of the book is entitled The Tao of Eating Pussy, A Porn Star's Guide to Clitoral Mastery. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Every man should own a coffee. So, 
Yes, that will be coming out in the ensuing months. That will be coming out. So yeah, they can get uh, get in touch with me at ericeverhard.com or they can go to crushingperformanceanxiety.com of which I have a link for you where your listeners can get a 20% discount on that course as well if they wanted to sign up for that. Perfect. That's right, guys. Eric is being so generous with all the Cure School Diaries podcast listeners. Just go to crushingperformanceanxiety.com forward slash curious and get 20% off all of Eric's products. And if you missed that, don't worry, it'll be in the show notes on this episode. Because I think what we discovered was due to some technical difficulties, the previous code or something wasn't working. And so... The codes didn't work. I know. The codes. You... The codes. Like you didn't get it up. I know. Eric. (laughs) I'm a failure. You didn't perform for the curious girl. Man, you're not going to let you live that down. Yes. Okay. So what happened? I'll guys? never live this down. I know. It's okay. It's okay. I love to playfully tease. I will. I'll probably beat this like a dead horse. But anyway, so guys, if you tried to use a code before listening to episodes, the first one of the first two episodes Eric was on, that code, it sounds like it we had some problems there. So what you need to do is I will put the link to get the discount in the show notes. So just go to this episode. I will also update the other episodes with the proper link. And then you guys can get a 20% discount on all of Eric's products. All right. Yes, Well, thank you for being on again. You have been so helpful and just all the knowledge that you've shared with us. I appreciate it. Everybody stay happy. Stay healthy, stay safe. You know what I like you to do? Just go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com, click on the pink tab on the right-hand side, leave me a voicemail, let it rip. Until then, take care, everybody. Bye. Ciao. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.